welcome to another edition of the Under Pressure Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jake Barker. And just before we get started, I'm very happy to announce that we've had a lot of uh, a lot of support with the podcast so far. So please keep sharing the podcast to your friends and family. Keep listening. Um, it's it's all helping out quite a bit. So and I'm quite enjoying myself as well, having all these uh, all these podcasts getting out there. So really, really appreciative. So keep listening and got some fantastic guests coming up just like just like we have today our guest played 177 games for the Adelaide Crows between 1999 and 2010 kicked 264 goals was a two-time leading goal kicker and managed to snag a mark of the year in 2009 I'm surprised there wasn't a few more in there as well uh Brett Burton welcome to the Under Pressure podcast thanks Jake thanks for having me on looking forward to it no worries. Great to have great to have you on. Um, just before we get started, what are you, what are you doing with yourself at the moment uh, through these through these times? I know you're up in Adelaide there. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I transitioned out of footy. Uh, uh, what was that? End of 2019, and um, and so then uh, took some time off and, and spent time with family. And then uh, uh, around about 12 months ago, I uh, I kind of um, you know went through a stage where I'd lost a little bit of uh, meaning in terms of what I what I was doing and uh, in terms of my work uh, work work purposes and um and so um i knew i had to get back into uh, i guess developing people that was kind of uh, you know at the core what i i fundamentally uh, you know, enjoy doing is, is helping people to be better so um i started doing some more research and uh you know transitioned i guess from high performance into into well-being so um yeah so that's what i i do now i facilitate well-being and, and mental health um programs um joined with uh, uh, a couple of guys um that um you know been, I guess, exposed to over my footy career. One being Luke Darcy, and uh, yep. from, the, from the Western Bulldogs, and um, and obviously uh, media, um, you know, a presenter. Um, so Luke and I have been uh, connected through meditation. We uh, we both um, uh, practice transcendental meditation, so we've got the same tra- uh, um, meditation teacher. Uh, so known Luke for, through that um, connection for about ten years, and and then a, a guy by the name of Matty Waterwitz, and so Matty is. He was, um, we could he used him as a consultant at the Adelaide Crows um, for the last four oh, years yeah. I was there. He was, um, um, he's got an education background and uh, he's a, a learning and uh, an education uh, consultant. Um, and so, yeah, he, uh, he was, um, he was utilised at the, at the club to um, help the coaches basically um, mm. um, help them to be able to educate better and, and communicate better. And um, so, yeah, so join those guys that they've been running a, a leadership business over the last um, six years, uh, Called Lead Learn. So on the first of July, we um, we uh, rebranded to be called a leader, and um, and I, I brought my wellbeing programs across, and um, yeah, so um, been uh, uh, playing with those guys in that space for um, since the first of July, and, and loving it. Yeah, that sounds absolutely wonderful and a, a great great program. And I'm sure that a lot of people are getting some some well needed insight and, and and different things through. Obviously, your wellbeing side as well, and and everything. Uh, that the other guys are doing as well. That's that's fantastic. So actually, the first of a, first I've heard of a, a leader. So I'm definitely going to be doing yeah. a bit more research on it. So yeah, for sure, I encourage all the uh, the listeners to get out there and have a listen and 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 follow along. So that that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. Mate. That's all right. Now we'll get we'll get straight into uh, the uh, injury side of things. I know it's not too much fun to talk about, but we'll get into it. Um, no, that's all good. <laughs> that's it. Um, so. Sort of taking back before your career, um, did you have any injuries prior to yourself getting drafted? Was there a process where you had to go through that might have been a bit difficult at a younger age? Not really. I, I was I was pretty lucky as uh, as a junior coming through. I um, yeah didn't have too many injuries. I think uh, you know my first. Um, uh, injury may have been when I played, uh, you know, league footy for the West Torrens. I, th- I remember, you know, rolling an ankle, but I don't think I even I missed a game with that. So that was probably the first time I'd been exposed to exposed to injury. Um, so yeah, really, it, uh, I guess it kicked off when I started uh, my AFL career, and um, and that was kind of um, yeah, my I guess uh, my best first experience in terms of having to rehabilitate and, and go through that process. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I mean. It- it can can be pretty difficult at a younger age, but luckily, luckily you didn't have to sort of experience that. Do you remember your first um, sort of we'll call it a severe injury when you got into the AFL? Was it a bit of a? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I um, my my first uh, year of footy, I was, I was really lucky. I um, you know Malcolm Blight was a coach, and um, and so he um, 
uh, he liked the way I played and, and um, you know, I was fortunate uh, in my background, um, you know, coming through as, as a junior and uh, when I was younger, was uh, had a running background. And so I used to do cross country and, and long distance running. And so yeah. that gave me the, I guess, the, the capacity, the aerobic capacity to be able to, to run. And, um, and so when I came to the Crows, I was, you know, fortunate enough to um, be able to lead the, the running uh, in, in pre-season. And so I guess that puts you in the spotlight. Um, and so... So Blighty, uh, you know, rewarded me fr from that and um, and gave me an opportunity to to, to play. Um, and so I, I had that first year, and I think I played every game bar the last one. And the last one, I had a rib injury, so that was my first kind of um, exposure to to being injured. But then the next year, I, I broke my collarbone, and um, and that was uh, I think you know about round uh, round ten or eleven or something like that. And so that was the first time I'd had some a serious injury, and that was you know uh, six weeks, and um, what ended yeah. up taking quite a bit longer than that because I came back and uh, it hadn't quite mended and I had to, to have two lots of surgery. Oh, okay. So you sort of came into the team and then had to go go back out again? Is that sort of the process? Yeah, so I, I tried to... Um, uh, I think by the time I came back, that the season had, uh, had finished and uh, and so I'd... Being only a year out of the SNFL, coming from the Eagles, I, I had still had a, a you know a, quite an attachment to to those guys, having played with them for the year before, and um, and so I tried to salvage the year. The Crows didn't make the uh, the finals in that first year in '99 that I played, um, and uh, and so I thought, well, um, I might try and uh, you know play with the Eagles for the finals, and and so I played one game, and uh, I remember getting a, a hit on my on my collarbone, um, and then. Um, and then going for the next ball, and and uh, it was really sore and, and tender, and uh, and I end up hyperextending my knee, and so I I did two things. I uh, yeah. partially tore my ACL, which wasn't uh, which wasn't great, but I also on on um uh, you know when we we checked it with the doctor, um my collarbone was still actually broken, and so the, the oh, bone yeah. just hadn't ended, um and so we we had put a a pin in it, but um sometimes the you know the bone doesn't quite knit, and so I, I end up having to um go back in for surgery and they just uh, took a bit of bone off my hip and um, and kind of plugged the hole and, and I put a plate over the top, um, a steel plate. And uh, yeah, so that was that was the most, um, you know, I guess serious injury I'd experienced and and kind of set off uh, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a snowball effect in terms of injury, obviously I had that ACL and then and I had a lot of injuries. So I think I missed over a hundred games through injury over my career with mainly, mainly um, you know, medium to long-term injuries, lots of uh, you know, six, eight week ankles. Um, you know, had uh, my ACL injury as well and, and a few knee clean outs. Um, I, had, I think I had a, a, a ductor release for that was six, eight weeks and, and also um, pulled um, a hamstring tendon um, off as well, which was a six eight week injury. So, yes, yeah, so lots of lots of injuries, but um, that's part you know part and parcel of playing the game. But, but yeah, I was going to say that's exactly right. I mean, when when you add up all those injuries and the amount of weeks there, you, you it just keeps building up and building up. And yeah, you're probably right. You probably have missed a fair few games through injury. There mm. it was, uh, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, some some guys are lucky enough to to sort of play through their career with very uh, very minimal minimal stuff, mm. but um, some guys. Some guys do go through that um, that part of the game, um, which is which is unfortunate. But at least you're you're doing what you love, and um, and that's the main thing, which is good. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what, what it does do is that it provides you an opportunity to um, to learn about your body and 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 also build some resilience because you you know you're, you're getting you're getting challenged and you're getting tested, and obviously you know as you alluded to you. Um, you know, it, it takes you away from what you what you're there to do, which is um, you know play play footy and and um, and be part of the team. And and so you go through this process of initially having to go, oh, you know, I'm injured, I can't do what I want to do. Um, you know, I can't do what I want to do for the team. Um, I'm not um, you're not necessarily involved as much because you're you're in a rehab setting, and so you don't you train away from the main group. Yeah. Um, you're obviously not uh, you know playing on the weekends, so then you're in the stands, and and so it is a uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenging process to go through, um, you know, initially. And, and obviously, because I did have so many injuries, I, I did get uh, <laughs> I did get used to it. But it's an opportunity to build resilience. And, and because, uh, you know, you're getting challenged, you have to adapt to that. You have to, um, you know, first thing you have to do is go, well, 
I've got to accept this. It's, 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 it is what it is. And, um, and then you just look to go, well, what can you control? And, um, and then you put your energy and your focus into obviously rehabbing that injury. And, and um, you know, it's not only physically rehabbing it, but it's mentally and emotionally, uh, you know, going through that rehab process as well. And, and what you, what you find is that um, it's a, it's a skill and, and, um, and the, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, and uh, you know, it's, uh, as I said, it makes, um, coming back even more worthwhile and um and uh and gives you that kind of um you know that that gratitude and gratefulness that you, you when you are healthy you're lucky you've got it and um so you probably cherish it a bit more as well oh yeah no doubt i think that's that's the main thing is uh, the one thing i took out from there was just yeah as soon as you accept it and, and you, you get through it um then you, you then you can start helping yourself get better to get back to where to get back to where you want to be and that's that's sort of what I'm, I'm going through at the moment as well it's just you just accept mm. that accept the injury and then do what you can to to get back to to what you love doing and and that's i think that's that's sort of the main thing that i take out of um sort of when i've had my money injuries as well it's just yeah mm. acceptance and and moving on and um also help from other other people as well it's always good to um bring other people in um help you along and um sort of tangling along with that did you sort of when you when you had any particular injury did you sort of look to someone and and see what they were doing with their rehab and maybe take something um from some of those guys that you were in doing injury rehab with yeah yeah absolutely yeah you obviously you know connect with the guys depending on how many guys are in rehab um you know i think uh, i learned a lot in my first year um my locker was a couple of doors down from from Matthew Liptak, and uh, and so he was only there for for one year. And in '99, um, he had a lot of a uh, lot of hamstring injuries, and and so I saw the way that he went about it, and and, and not only uh, you know the the effort that he put into his rehab, but also his um his uh, attitude and 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 uh, you know his I guess his his aptitude as well, the way he applied himself to his rehabilitation, and and so you know we obviously we learn off others, and and I was a you know I was a a, a twenty year old uh, lad coming into to the system and um and seeing uh that you know you got eyes wide open and seeing the way others go about it and um you obviously get led by what you see and and what you hear and and so he was one guy that um i certainly learn off um you know his uh his uh, his attitude and his aptitude towards his um towards his rehabilitation and, and there's other guys you know various guys that you see um you know throughout your career and um but i guess i'd, I'd also come from that that background of uh, you know running background and 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 also from the you know the the life that you grow up and the experiences you go through and and um, you know I learned from a young age uh, you know from my parents that uh, work ethic um, you know is is a is a good a good ingredient to success and and so um, you know to always throw a hundred percent at what you're doing and and put your best effort into it and um, you know you, you most of the time you come out and you get the result you're looking for when you um, when you apply yourself so um yeah learnings from others but um you know learnings from um from your, your family background as well yeah for sure i was gonna say that work ethic and if you can learn that at a really young age i think that that goes a long way especially into a like a professional career like an afl player it's um if you can get into that that system and, and have the right the right mindset as you were saying it's it does go a long way and helps you get through um those tough periods if you if you happen to have them um early on in your career which is uh yeah, um, can be can be difficult for for some young guys, and I mean you find that now with some some young guys doing knees and and how they deal with th those types of injuries at such a young age coming in to, to the game, it can be um, very disheartening um, for for young guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's um you know it's challenging for anyone that goes through any severe injury, whether that's in sport or or in life, and and um you know um but we we are a pretty resilient bunch, you know humans. <laughs> we we can uh, we can adapt and 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 um and and as I said before, and you, you touched on it is you know the first stage is um is acceptance, and 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 you know it sometimes takes us uh, a little while to get to that, and and um for a variety of reasons, and and there's no judgment. It just uh, you know it takes. Uh, takes whatever time it takes to, to, to in any situation to accept uh, what's happened to you and, and what's um, you know what the changes are but when you when you first uh, you know get through that period and you go well, well that I've got I've got what I've got now what do I do about it mm. um, and that's where you you know you got to utilize the, uh, the the tools and the, the strategies and then the skills around you and obviously you know we're, we're lucky enough to um uh, you know, when you're an AFL player, you've got a, you know, a big cohort of people around you from a support network point of view, you know, you've got doctors, you've got physios, you've got coaches, you've got high performance, you know, uh, massage, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's endless really. So you've got yeah. the, 
best, the best of the best, uh, you know, around you to be able to support you through that period. And, and you've even, you know, got psychologists and, and wellbeing uh, facilitators as well. So it's, uh, you know, you're in a great environment to be able to give you the best opportunity to, to be able to, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally, you know, rehabilitate. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a great, uh, you know, great kind of uh, network to have around you. So. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, and as you said, all AFL, all AFL clubs have the a major support, as you said, you've listed a whole bunch of, whole bunch of parts of a football club and, and they're all there to, to help you guys, uh, help you guys along, whether it be from, uh, physical side or, or a mental or a mental side as well so that they they help with uh, all sorts of things which is really good to have when you're going through uh, some pretty severe injuries uh, in, in that case um, yeah so early early on in your career did you find that um, injuries were easier to deal with or when you went when you were in the later end of your career were they were they harder to deal with as you sort of moved through your career I mean you mm-hmm. probably your body's getting a bit uh a bit more challenge, yeah. Yeah, a bit more challenge. Yeah. But for, for me, it was, you know, I ended up retiring at the age of 32 and and, and probably, you know, the, the kind of footy I was playing towards the back end of my career. Um, I thought I'd probably go for a bit longer, but in the end, uh, I, I retired through injury and, and uh, I guess um, probably just a little bit of frustration and, um, you know, just getting to that point where, um, you know, mentally and emotionally, I was just, I just had enough of rehabilitating injuries, you know, and, and as I said, mm-hmm. I, I missed over a hundred games, which is, you know, it's a lot, a lot of footy, um, you know, over your, over your career. Um, and so um, it just seemed to, uh, you know, towards the end, go from, from one thing to the next. So I did, did my ACL at, at the age of 30 and came back from, from that. And then I, uh, that knee just kept on niggling and, you know, I kept on having to have a clean out and then I'd get back from that. And then I, you know, did an ankle, had the syndesmosis. And, and so I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I, I think I've had enough of this and, and um, you know, I was able to obviously rehab a lot of injuries um, throughout my career. And, and as I said, it builds that resilience, uh, but also I guess to a point where you go, well, you know, footy's not everything in life and you, you want to walk away from the game, you know, physically able and, um, yeah, and, and able to, I guess, enjoy your life post footy. And, and at that stage I had, um, you know, two young kids. And, and so I guess I was trying to, you know, starting to turn my attention to go, well, you know, how do I want the rest of my life to look from a, from a physical point of view. And, um, uh, and so, you know, to answer your question, it did get easier to, to um to understand it because you, you, you knew what you're going through and, and you knew, how, you know, the process, but, um, by the same token, you also knew what you're up for as well. And, and so um, <laughs> no, I, I, I guess uh, emotionally and mentally just got to a point where I was like, yeah, look, I think I've rehabbed enough injuries now. I think it's time to, to hang up the boots. And, um, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. one of those guys that, um, you know, I loved what I was doing and, and uh, you know, it was best, one of the best parts of my life playing AFL, but I didn't, um, you know, have a, an absolute desire to play footy forever either. So, you know, I haven't, I've been literally, I think I've played one game of footy since I retired and that was for <laughs> a charity event, but I, I just don't, I don't, didn't have any interest in going and playing, you know, amateur footy or playing at another level. So um, it was, you know, once I was done, I was done and it was more turn my focus to, to my kids and my family and, and supporting them and what they wanted to do. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You sort of have that, your footy career and then you move on and you, um, sounds like you're very happy with uh, the decision made and you're very, going very well at the moment so i think it's all all working out all working out very well um yeah absolutely yeah no it is it's um you do it's it's it's, it's a stage of your life and it's a big part of your life and and for the guys mm-hmm. that are you know that get uh, drafted straight out of school I was, I was lucky i was a bit um you know a bit of a late developer and so i'd, I'd already studied uh, you know at university and and was doing part-time work and so a little bit of a different entry into the afl system to, to most most guys get you know straight from year 12 and, and straight into it and um you know it's literally by the time they finish in the early 30s it's it's the only job they've ever had and and you know that they, they don't know anything different um for me i, I guess i had a taste of um you know uh, finishing a uni degree you know working in uh, in a in another um in other parts of um you know business and and um you know my, my dad had uh, a fire electrics business um you know when i was growing up um, and so i you know, worked an electrician for, for a while and done you know uh you know counting in, in the book work and that kind of stuff so i'd been exposed to you know other other jobs and so for me I, I knew that um you know there was more to life than just footy um and so um you know it was an easier transition for me and um obviously you know, stayed within the industry because i'd um that was what i decided i wanted to do and i'd done uh, you know done the research and, and the study over you know seven years at, at university so i wanted to i guess apply that and um and look to um you know 
look to uh, another um, another uh, chapter of my life. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I was I was going to just sort of attach onto that onto that part there. Did did that make it easier to um, hang up the boots in the end because of the because of all the experiences that you've had had in the prior to prior to AFL and, and coming into the into the league? Did you did that make the decision a little bit easier to go? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm good. I've got my got everything ready and set to go. Did that make the decision a bit easier? Yeah, absolutely. It it um it certainly did for me. And 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 what we find in uh, you know uh, certainly my time in AFL, both playing and in in the roles that I was in, um you know post playing, uh, we know that it's easier to transition out when you when you're comfortable about where you're going to. And and you know a lot of um. A lot of guys face that that fear of the unknown, and and as I said, you know they come straight from school. It's all they've known, you know, from the age of seventeen through to 32, 33, You know, whatever it is, they played, you know, fifteen year career. Some guys, you know, longer, um, and so there is that that fear of the unknown about, well, what am I going to do now? I've, I've still got, you know, potentially, you know, twenty five to thirty years of my uh, working life to to go, and. Um, you know, now that they've obviously, uh, you know, that the average wage is, is now is pretty significant. They can help to set themselves up for, for life after footy. And uh, but everyone, reality is needs needs to continue to work. And so, um, it, it's very daunting for a lot of guys. And we and we see a lot of guys, um, you know, get a bit disillusioned and and kind of um, lose their way a little bit because they put so much of their um, their life into football, but also some of them attach so much of their self worth, um, you know, to mm. to their career, and and that can be. That can be dangerous at times because if you you, know, you tie all your self worth and and what you feel as though your value is in life is just your footy, whether you go through injury or or, or form slumps or or your career finishes, then um you know you can find yourself challenged uh, with some some mental health issues and some well being issues. And so uh, for me, it, I was okay because I'd you know as I said I'd I'd um you know I'd finished an honours degree at uh, at um, university you know i'd, I'd uh, at that stage of finishing i'd, I'd owned uh, a gym and and so i was on that pathway to, to being involved in high performance and i was you know doing a lot of research in that area and and doing some some uh, you know some part-time work in that space and so i was really clear about the pathway i wanted to take and, and i was fortunate enough to um you know land a job straight out of footy into um into uh, the brisbane lions and the high performance role so for me it was um it was, uh, I guess, the transition was a lot easier because I, I, I knew what I wanted to do and I'd had the, the background um, yeah, education and, uh, and experience into what I wanted to do. Yeah, no, that, that's it. And, and I think nowadays, I think they sort of maybe do some um, uni degrees sort of part-time or, or whatever at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it was as available um, back then uh, when you were coming through the ranks as it, as it probably is now. I think guys are sort of doing a subject a, a semester or something like that and sort of just progressing themselves a bit further so they can then develop themselves ready for when they get go out after football. And I think that's a really good uh, initiative that they've, they've brought in. So, um, and a few guys obviously have taken it upon themselves to do that. So, um, yeah. and that shows they're taking care of themselves as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, look, it's it's one of the things that uh, certainly occurred during my career was that the player association, um, you know, put a big focus in terms of um, you know life after footy and and um, and as I said, uh, you know that that balance of um, you know footy is their career when they're when they're playing and 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 so they need to put a lot of time and effort into that. But the reality is, you're probably at the football club you know 25 hours a week and. Um, and so you do have uh, you know time away from footy to be able to, to personally develop yourself. Um, and so you know the players now they have a full day off um, you know for, to get away from footy, but they also have a half day where they can put to um, uh, you know put to to life after footy, whether that's uh, in a formal study or some you know work work experience. And so the players' association are very good at um, you know funding anything that they want to do in terms of. Um, you know, extracurricular work, whether that's you know, uni degree or a certificate in um, or a diploma or, or some some work experience. So they really put their, their energies and, and focus into um, providing that opportunity. But and then it's up to the player whether they take that up. And and uh, as I said, what we found over time is that is the players that are able to um, you know, I guess, provide themselves with an opportunity to to um, get involved in something away from footy tend to transition out better but also tend to um you know have a more balanced life while they're playing footy and, and so they can deal with those those form slumps or those injuries because you know not all their fulfillment and enjoyment is provided just with footy and, and um as we know that's uh, you know 
you can get into a, a bit of a challenged, uh, you know, state of mind if you if all your eggs in one basket, I suppose. So um, the Player Association have been, you know, at the forefront of that and, and supported very well by the footy cl uh, clubs. You know, the clubs do a really good job at that. They've obviously got, um, you know, well-being uh, people and um, and other, uh, you know, uh, I guess services and and um, uh, support network around the players to be able to help facilitate that process. Yeah, no, definitely. And you can see how a lot more players are a lot more, I feel, I don't know, probably didn't take it into consideration too much when I was, I was younger, but you can see that the guys are a lot happier. I, I don't know how, like, yeah. I just see, I just see it on their faces. I can, you can tell, even though like you could see, see teams that are maybe reeling near the bottom of a ladder, but yeah. they're still, they're still having a lot of fun. They're still, still with their mates. They're still, and you can just tell um, when yeah. you see all those clips and different things that it, it really does, yeah. really does matter. And um, it's great to see all, all the guys smiling and, and, and sort of moving along and knowing that everything's um, being handled and yeah happy. yeah look I think it's it's a, it's a balance because it's you know we know that only one in 18 teams can win each year you know so yeah you have 17 <laughs> teams that, that effectively not winning the premiership each year and so um, I guess that's probably been the, the big change since I started playing you know it was um, it was a lot more it felt like it was a lot more serious when I played and 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 um, you know, there was, there was less uh, laughter and less enjoyment and, and, you know, you lost, you had to, you know, put on the sad face and you had to mope around for a bit. And, um, but that, that's been one of the great things with the, you know, the millennials and, and it's, you know, the, the whole uh, Y generation is they've you know, brought along this um, youthful enthusiasm and taught us that, well, you know, we don't have to take things so seriously. And, 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 you know, we know that we, in any environment, then we're, when we're feeling good and, and functioning well, that we're able to perform to a better, better level. And, and um, I guess that's the, you know, the work I do now in, in workplaces and uh, is to, you know, help people to understand that, um, you know, if, you, if your staff are feeling well and, and um, they're functioning well, then they're obviously, you know, producing better. And, um, and so to, to provide a culture and an environment where, you know, people are able to flourish and, and thrive and, and um, you know, uh, they've got, a, I guess, leaders that are providing them with an environment that's flexible and, um, and they're able to you know, perform at their best, then they get better results for the, for the company. And so um, that's obviously, uh, you know, in an AFL system where, you know, fundamentally you're trying to get people to perform to the best of their ability, um, then, uh, you know, there's been a lot of research and, and um, a lot of time put into that space and, and coaching has obviously changed significantly, um, you know, over that tier up time. We've gone from the, the old days where, you, you know, if you did the wrong thing, you got yelled at and you had to put up with it and very, very much more static environment um, to now, uh, you know, so much more collaborative and so much more empowering and it's been a big shift and it's been a, you know, a really good shift. Um, and so uh, that understanding of, you know, what, what does a high performance environment look like? You don't always have to, you know, it doesn't always have to, you know, and, and um, you know, I guess uh, dig into what we can prove, but also you know celebrate people's differences, celebrate uh, you know what's good about the place, and um, and we know that um, you know whether you're one of the teams down the bottom or whether you're one of the teams that are at the top, you've got to provide that environment that's enjoyable, and um, you know the coaches and the, and the organisations that can do that are the ones that tend to succeed, and um, and business is no different to, to sport in that respect. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, couldn't have said, couldn't have said it better myself. It's um, yeah, it's really it, having that positive, having that positive vibe and atmosphere is is so yeah. important, and I think uh, that's that's the main thing. You mentioned um, what you're doing at the moment. What sort of what took you down that path of well being and and mental the mental health side of things? Because I'm really intrigued about that. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, as I as I touched on earlier, you know, fundamentally, my passion is um, helping people to get the best out of themselves, you know, and 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 so when I moved out of footy into the high performance area, that was from a physical perspective, you know, and so um, mm. my, my uh, I guess role as a high performance manager was to um, you know facilitate physical performance programs that help people to to be um, you know physically the best they could be, and then as it evolved over time, it was you know, when probably from the, you know, through the advent of um, social media, I saw that, um, you know, that was putting a lot of pressure on players and, and, and the mental aspect of preparing to play become more evident. And, and so we saw that um, it wasn't just, um, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, the physical challenge, but also the mental and emotional challenges that um, certainly, uh, you know, the, the social media world uh, put on players and the pressure that that provides. And so, I then, you know, started to do more research and, and obviously have the network of, um, you know, high performance people around the players in terms of psychologists and wellbeing people. So I, I fundamentally always um, 
love the idea of um, well, how do we help you know individuals um, get the best out of themselves, but also teams, and and so you, you're continually looking at um, you know different ways to do that. So I always uh, enjoyed that, and that's what I love about science. You know, science looks at well, you know, how do we do how do we do this better? You know, why does that happen? You know, how does that occur? And 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 with putting all that um, you know evidence and research into into practice. Um, and so when I I uh, yeah, moved out of footy. I, uh, you know, I got into to, um, uh, an ecotourism job and, and I enjoyed that for a little bit. It was something completely different to what I'd done before. But yeah. what I realised was um, that, um, you know, whilst I wasn't that stressed and that anxious, it wasn't really providing me with a lot of fulfilment because I, I wasn't tied to something I was passionate about. And, and we know now that, um, you know, through the research is that, um, you know, no longer, you know, can people just go to work and, and go to work for, for financial gain, but the majority of us need to, you know, feel like we're getting some meaning and, and, and purpose out of what we're doing. And, and, um, and so that, that whole concept that, um, you know, you need to, um, to feel like you're achieving something that's important to you to be able to, um, to, to, to thrive and flourish. And so, um, you know, I, I had some opportunities to get back into elite sport uh, over the last couple of years, but um, I've got five kids. And, and so, you know, <laughs> uh, a lot of time taken up in, in terms of, uh, you know, spending time with them, but also um, that AFL industry is, um, whilst there's a lot of enjoyable parts to it, uh, the one thing about it is it's very you know, demanding from a time perspective. And, and so you're away from your family every couple of weeks when you are at home, certainly the roles that I was in, you know, you, you're, you're spending a lot of time at the footy club, you're probably 60, 70 hours a week in the roles that I was doing. And so I was missing opportunities to, to be able to see my kids as they were growing up to, to do sport and, and uh, you know, do the things that they do at school and, and, uh, and all those, um, I guess, uh, you know, events and moments that you, um, you, you miss out on. And so um, I, guess, I guess I got to a period where I was going, well, I don't want to get back into elite sport because I'm really enjoying the balance of my life and my opportunity to be able to spend time with kids and, and see them do, you know, do what they do. Um, so I thought, well, how do I, uh, you know, provide a, 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 you know, a living for my family and, and provide some enjoyment and fulfilment to myself um, by doing a job that, uh, you know, provides meaning and purpose to me. And, and so uh, the natural fit was around wellbeing and uh, and also mental health. I, I'd um, I've been ambassador for an organisation called Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation in, in Adelaide, which is um, it's one of the only... Um, uh, foundation set up in Australia that um, funds research into to mental health. So oh, wow. obviously okay. as, a, as a community and, and uh, you know, uh, we've become really good over the last, you know, particularly five, five to 10 years at um, uh, creating awareness around mental health and, and uh, mental illness and, uh, and having the discussion. And we know it's now, you know, not taboo to talk about. And, um, you know, we've got some great ambassadors and advocates in, in that space. Um, but the, but the next stage is, well, what, why do people, you know, some people have mental health issues, mental illness and, and, and not others. And, and, you know, are people genetically predisposed to it? Mm. Um, and so this, this whole concept of, um, you know, spending money to, to, to on research to find out the whys and what, what triggers are rather than just, um, you know, I guess um, treating the, the, the symptoms. So try and get behind the, um, you know, the cause of it. And so we can, so we can work out how to prevent and that's the most important yeah, next step. So, so, you know, coupled with, with that, I guess my focus around, you know, well-being and high performance, but then also mental health, it, it seemed like a good, um, you know, fit to, to be able to um, move into the well-being space and mental health space. And so, um, you know, I get to tick the box in terms of um, my passion about helping people <laughs> become better. And, and before it was athletes, now it's, uh, you know, general population and, you um, um, so that, that was, uh, I guess, my bent towards it. Um, uh, and I guess the, the other, uh, you know, uh, I guess, background is that I've, I've always had um, anxiety. So I, I played with uh, anxiety during my career and, and um, you know, not knowing what it was back then. We didn't have a lot of education around the, the feelings that you were having. And, um, yeah. you know, how that played out for me was, you know, I, I would be anxious before every game. And, and that was not, that's not unusual, I guess, for sports people to go through that, that process in terms of, you know, um, you know, feeling anxious and, and it largely, um, you know, I performed out of the fear of failure and, and, and um, you know, not wanting to let people down and not wanting to let my family down and, and myself down. And so that certainly drove me and, and, and um, drove my performance. But um, as we know, you know, anxiety is, um, we all experience anxiety, but it's when that anxiety goes to a level where it impacts your, your everyday. And so, um, you know, I didn't um, necessarily uh, understand it back then um, and didn't have the, the support around us because, you know, it was only 
you know, psychology was only starting to really start to come into sport once I was, um, you know, finishing up and becoming more mainstream. Um, and so I've, I've, uh, I still, you know, deal with anxiety, but um, I've, over time I've developed some, some techniques and some skills around how to do that. And, and meditation for me is one thing and, um, um, you know, a, a breathing practice is another, and, and, but also this, this whole concept of, uh, you know, acceptance and controlling what we can control and, and having a positive attitude and, and choosing, you know, how, how, how you react to, to certain situations is important. And, um, you know, we know that there's, that there's challenges in life. We all go through challenges and, we, you know, you touched on it before is that um, just that acceptance to go, well, um, you know, life is about challenge and, and struggle. And, and obviously, you know, you're in Melbourne at the moment and, um, and it's, you know, it's been a really, really difficult time for people in Melbourne and, uh, and obviously, you know, being the, not um, you know, not to celebrate it, but being that you know the 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 uh, the biggest uh, lockdown city in the, in the world is um, is not a not a, uh, a celebration to um, you know to to uh, recognise, but it is um, a reality of what um, you know people in Melbourne had to deal with over the last twelve months, and and obviously very difficult and very challenging. Um, but as we know, it's uh, you know if you can accept that and just go well it is what it is what can I control out of it you know what can what can I choose to 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 um to uh, look into and and um what my actions out of that then um we know you know from the research that um that is the first step and and to then be able to to move from there and and that's uh, that's difficult and as I said earlier it's it takes different people different uh, amounts of times to be able to get to that stage where they do accept but um yeah I guess the and coming back to your question, that that's what um, that's why I'm in this space is because I, I really enjoy um, yeah, educating people on on how to do that, and and we know through uh, you know through the research that the um, there are ways to be able to proactively look after your mental health and your wellbeing, and and uh, a lot of people that I talk to. Um, you know, if you were to say to people, what do you need to do for your physical health? Most people know, you know, you've got to eat well, you've got to exercise, you've got to sleep well. And, and you know, whether people do that or not is, is um, I guess, up to, to their, um, you know, situation in life and, and their skills and, and um, where they are at in, in terms of their life. But if you, when I talk to people about, well, how do you look after your mental health? A lot of people can't articulate that, you know? And, and so, yeah. um, you know, I, I use a framework um, that's uh, evidence-based from the, from the science uh, to be able to help people along that, that process. So for me, that's very fulfilling because it's, um, we know that, uh, you know, there's a large percentage of the community that are challenged by, by their mental health. And, um, you know, it's very, uh, very evident in society at the moment. So um, that's, I guess, what fills my bucket and, uh, and gets, uh, gets me up excited every day to be able to help people in that space. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I can just see, and just see the, the enjoyment that you get from, from helping others with just yourself explaining it there. It's it, mm. you can tell how passionate you are about it, which is, which is fantastic. And I think if we can get more and more people um, like yourself passionate about um, helping, helping others and, and in the wellbeing and, and mental mental health space and especially uh, with everything that's going on now in, yeah. in Australia, I think it's, uh, it's, it'll be very beneficial for, for, for everyone. And I think yeah, everyone will bode a lot, a lot better. So I think, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic you. with what you're doing, mate. Um, yeah. Very, very intrigued. And I think I'm going to get into a bit more of it myself because I'm yeah very, very much into it too. So um, yeah, very much enjoy helping others. So <laughs> always about yeah. that. So good place to start, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, we, we see a lot of young young people as well sort of going through some some tough times at the moment like what what maybe not necessarily coming into maybe a game like AFL or or you can relate it to, to that yeah people with um that are ha- that, have, that are having these issues what what would you say what would you say to them what what I mean what advice could you could you give them in in terms of maybe guys coming in to the AFL yep. or maybe someone just um, in everyday life? Yeah, well, I think the the first thing is to, to to make sure that you talk about it. You know, it's we we, we know that um you know it's that the biggest challenge is is, is um you know seeking support and and um there's so much support out there now and and um your family is a good place to start. You know, friends are a good place to start, but um you know the, the research says it's not good to bottle it up. You know, emotions are there for a reason. They're they're there to 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 send us a message and and so we need to listen to our to um you know our emotions and we need to act on them and um it's not good to bottle them up you know it's it's better to be able to let them out and whatever form we let them out uh, in is is um 
you know, situational and up to each individual. But uh, my first thing is to, you know, to, to make sure that you talk to other people about it because it's it's, it's no good, um, you know, men in particular, we, we know, uh, at, um, you know, typically just go, oh, well, I want to talk about it. I, I want to bottle it up, and, but that's not good for you. So that'd be my first thing is to, to um, you know, to, to make sure that you talk to other people about it. Um, and, and then probably the next step is to go, well, what, what can I do about it? What, what can I change? You know, what, what choices have I got? What can I control? And, um, and just, I guess, move along that, uh, uh, that continuum um, and, and understand that we're, we're all fluctuating. You know, this, the whole wellbeing is, is about ebbing and flowing and, and moving from that, you know, from, from struggling to thriving and, um, and understanding that everyone's going through challenges in life. One of the, I guess, the... Um, the, the challenges of uh, of social media for some people is that is they you know they get this mis misconception that um, you know, other people's lives are all good because we see these images um you know of other people going they're doing this they're doing that they're doing that and, and we we get this misconception that oh other people's lives are so good and you know but but I've, I'm dealing with this I'm dealing with that the reality is everyone's dealing with different issues you know the celebrities have got issues of their own and 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 going through struggles but you, you just no one tends to post when they're struggling and 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 they're not feeling good and, and not doing well so um it's that that idea that uh, we're all in this uh you know this um ebbing and flowing of life and and the ups and downs of life so um but it's about what can we do about it what resources have we got what skills have we got and and what support network we got and so um we've got to use uh, all those resources around us and um and, and definitely don't, um, you know, bottle it up, you know, make sure you, you use the people around you and, and have the conversation. That's it. And I, I think just, re just recently, maybe a couple month or two ago, the, the, the Are You Okay um, sort of the program that's happening. And I think that's a really yeah. big one. I think just something that yeah. you can ask, yeah, ask someone else and just, it's so simple and, and is, can talk yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's it's just it's important that we check in on each other, you know, we and um and and you know, ten friends tend to um you know recognise when when you know uh, their their mates uh, have a change of behaviour, and and so you know being attuned to that, and 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 just uh, you know it's not just asking uh, you know are you okay? That's a good that's a good start off, but you know then dig digging deeper because sometimes we can we can um you know just out of uh, you know automatic uh, pilot we we kind of go well yeah how you doing or how you going or what you know how's the weather or what's happening today you know to dig a bit deeper and, and there's this concept of of appreciative inquiry where you, you, you ask questions that are a bit more leading so you know if i say to you jake you know what was the best part of your day yesterday you know and it gets you you know it gets that person to think a bit deeper but it also it it, it comes from a place of care and, and empathy to go well no i'm generally going i want to a longer answer. I want to dig deeper, and, and and so we know when we do that, that creates um, you know, creates a greater connection between people, and 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 shows a bit more care and empathy. And so there's a whole lot of um, you know different questions we can uh, you know ask around that concept of appreciative inquiry, or it might be go well, you know, where where are you struggling at the moment, or or you know if I'm working with you to to, to ask well. Um, you know, how can I help you in your job um, to be able to, to, to make it easier? What can, what can I do to make your job easier? And I think that, um, you know, are you okay? And, and, and those, um, those questions are a great opportunity to start the conversation, but then we need to dig a bit deeper. And, and um, particularly with our friends and our family, uh, as I said, we, we know that, um, you know, when people are, um, are a little bit off because we're, we're around a bit, bit more, more challenging when, you, you, when we're in these you know, times of COVID and, and for people in Melbourne. And so, um, you know, important that we connect, um, you know, over, over Zoom and, and over phone calls just to check in with people. Because um, we know that, you know, as human beings, it, we have a, a natural uh, want to be connected with people, you know, and relationships are really important. So yeah. we're, we're human beings for a reason. We need to be with others and, and need to interact. And, and some, you know, some people are different to others where, you know, they might be introverts and so they don't need as much interaction. But fundamentally, as humans, we need to interact with others. And so um, to pick up on those cues and and we all know it. We all know when we talk to, to mates, oh, okay, he's not quite the same as he, he normally is or he's not yeah. upbeat as he normally is or he's a bit different. So that's when that's a cue to be able to dig a bit deeper and, and check in on each other. That that's it, and uh, yeah, couldn't have said it better. I think, yeah, you, as as friends and family, you can tell when when somebody's off, and it's important that you yourself you go, okay, now I should probably go and maybe inquire a little bit more about it and yeah. ask ask them more about it. So, I think yeah, a little bit of the onus can can be on on yourself if you do notice something. I mean, all you yeah. can do is ask, but I think asking is the first step to them maybe telling telling you something, and and I think that's that's the first steps as you were saying before i think that's yeah it's really important just to 
to get the first conversation going uh, and then and so it sort of flows from from there yeah, yeah absolutely yeah pick up pick up those cues yep yeah 100 percent. now when when you're sort of drifting back to drifting back to, to the playing days did, did you sort of maybe going towards the the acl later on in your career how did how did you feel meant how did you feel mentally um at, at the end of your career having maybe such a severe a severe injury and how how that how you mentally process that um because i know um having had a couple it, it's a it's a big deal and it's a big process to go through. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it is, it's, it's definitely a challenge, you know, to be out, to, to know that you're going to be out for a whole year is, is definitely challenging. Um, as I said, you know, probably having been through a lot of injury over my career, you know, as um, you know, what was I 10, 10 years into my career then I would have experienced, you know, you know, eight to 10 injuries that were medium to long-term anyway. So, I knew what I was up for. And, and so that, that certainly helps when you understand what you're up for, but by the same token, you know, you've been through it a couple of times when you know what you're up for, that's also challenging as well. Cause you go, Oh, I know what I'm up for here. Sometimes it's better, <laughs> better not to know. Um, yeah. I think that, um, you know, that uh, again, just um, you know, getting a plan put out a okay, you know, the, the, the mind starts to wander when, when we don't know, we have this, you know, this concept of fear of the unknown. And, and, um, and so I think just getting all the information in and just going, okay, well, uh, you know, what, what have I got ahead of me doing it in little bite-sized chunks helps as well. If you think about, oh, it's a 12 month rehab, that can be a bit daunting. Whereas you go, okay, well, the first thing is to reduce the swelling, you know, reduce the swelling, you know, make sure I can get uh, back uh, walking normally. Once I get walking normally, I can then move to this process. And so I think, you know, putting it into um, bite-sized chunks and, and having small goals along the way certainly helps. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm definitely, definitely doing it as, as we speak, for sure. That's the... You've experienced that before. <laughs> Taking it small steps at a time. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's 100% right. maybe to, to some other players that, that you, you played with yep. you remember a, an injury that you may have seen on the footy field that that sort of sticks out in your mind that you went oh that's a that's not a good one I know it's a bit uh just throwing it at you now it yeah, might be a bit difficult no, to come back to, with. Uh, trying to think um <laughs> um some uh yeah some a bit more horrific injuries when you tend to see blood that that's certainly usually the usually yeah. the cues the go oh that's a bit a um, bit, bit graphic um uh, and some fingers, you know, fingers when they're, when they're bent the wrong way, when, when you see bones going the wrong way, you're going, well, that's not, that's not great to see. I can't think of, yeah. you know, something off the top of my head um, where, I, where I go, wow, that's um, pretty awful. I know, you know, I played with a guy called um, Trent Henschel and, um, yeah. and he yeah. had a, a really horrific uh, knee injury and leg injury um, when I was playing. And um, I remember it was at Footy Park and in the, in the Ford pocket, and it was just one of those injuries where you just his leg went one way, and and you just went, oh, that that's that's not good. And and I know that um, you know, he he did his ACL, but he also you know he also tore all the ligaments around uh, his knee, and um, you know the surgeons uh, you know on review said this is this is more like a you know motorbike accident, and, and he was out for you know for a long period of time, and um, affected uh, unfortunately the the most uh, you know the majority of his career um, after that he came back to play, but he just uh, he just couldn't move to the to the same ability and i know he's still you know dealing with um you know it's the fallout of that now uh, post-career and so that was probably one of the worst injury I've, I've seen and um um yeah not good you know it was a guy that was uh, you know i think he kicked uh, you know six or seven goals in a game uh, that year and, and was really on the way up and in, in terms of his yeah. career and just a great lad and uh um, he's at Port Adelaide now. He's a, he's, a, he's a, uh, involved in uh, you know, coaching oh. and admin there now, and so he's, he's still in the system and um, still see him around the place. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the worst injury I've seen. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it, it is heartbreaking when you see uh, just one of your teammates just, I mean, sort of have not the career cut short, but you know, there could there, there was so much more potential there with um, with what he could have done, and yeah, some one of those a knee injury can can do to to someone and. Obviously, said it was pretty pretty horrific at the time. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's um, it was, and it's never you never want to see anyone go through any injury, and and let alone you know a young guy on the way up, and and something as significant as that that um, you know that as I said, unfortunately, it uh, really impacted the rest of his career. So, yeah. never um, never good from that perspective. Yeah, no, no, that that's exactly right. 
Now, what I thought we'd do to finish to finish off the, the podcast, uh, I like to do a bit of a draft at the end of each each show, and yeah. I, um, I thought we, what we'd do is, as you wore the number number twenty four, we'd uh, select some of the great twenty fours um, in any sport, any sport you like. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. have to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. who who do you select as a as a number twenty four? So. Um, the best of the twenty fours in the in the world in the world of sport. Um, well, I, I didn't tend to, to watch a, a lot of uh, American sport, but I, I do remember um, Kobe Bryant. You know, and uh, he he was yeah. um, probably one of the most famous twenty fours um, in sport that uh, when I was uh, around and playing. Um, so he'd probably be the first to come to mind in terms of world sport, and um, obviously played in the in the sport of uh, basketball and the NBA. Um, and outside of that, um, uh, in AFL, I think uh, Peter Knights was, um, you know, not in my my era. Um, he played played in the seventies, but um, he was probably one of the most famous number twenty fours in in, uh, in the AFL uh, system. Um, so they'd probably be the guys that uh, that come to mind. Yeah, no, definitely. I was, yeah, sort of having a look through, and yeah, you're right. It's it's hard to sort of pinpoint guys that that have had like like substantial careers in 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 uh, any sort of sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's hard to like because there's obviously so, so many numbers. You're like, eh, yeah. did you? How long did you wear that number for? I know, yeah. um, uh, baseball. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. wore it for a little bit. I don't know if you know, don't you know, a bit of baseball. No, I'm not across the baseball. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 wore it as well. And uh, I don't know how. Are you NBA fan at all or? I don't follow the the US sports. No, no. Nah. I mean, I just I just know that um, you know it's funny when you're playing and you have a number on your back. You you, you do um, get uh, drawn to I guess other people and, and other sports people that wear the same number and and um, and so I do remember Kobe Bryant wearing twenty four. You know, twenty three was obviously a very famous <laughs> number. You know, that was <laughs> yeah. me and you know you had blokes like um, Michael Jordan and Shane Warne and uh, you know Lance Franklin and uh, you know and Andy McLeod wore twenty three as well. So that was a That's that was it. a very famous number and and um, and so there's a lot. But uh, twenty four, yeah, there hasn't been uh, a lot of um, I guess higher profile people that have um, had that number and stuck stuck with it. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. I, I could only I was going through some AFL players as well. Like you had um, Russell Robertson back in the day. Oh and, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Jude Bolton too, I think it was an, it was another couple yeah. as yeah. well. So, I think you're right. The it's sort of the the there's a lot of 23s and then the 24s yeah. sort of yeah, there's yeah. a um a rare a rare group rare group there. So yeah. good com- there's some good company yeah. there. I think you're good in. Company, so yeah, thank you. Definitely in the top. <laughs> definitely in the top five for me for sure. Oh, thanks, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, no, it's um. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely fantastic uh, having you on on the show today. I really greatly appreciate uh, you coming on and, and giving up some of your time and providing some um, great insight to some of your injuries and as well as your the well being and, and mental health side of things. So appreciate you coming on. No worries, Jake. Thanks for your time and yeah, enjoyed uh, enjoyed having the chat and um, and love what you're doing in terms of uh, you know providing uh, support and uh, and, and uh, education and, and knowledge and experience around the the, the space of injury and uh, and everything else that flows onto. So uh, well done, um, good luck in in continuing uh, your, your podcast and uh, and the challenging times you're going through in, in lockdown at the moment. Fingers crossed. Um, Know for everyone in Melbourne and uh, and Sydney, anywhere else in the world that's in lockdown, we uh, we get out soon and get back to some normality. So thanks for your time, appreciate it. No worries, thanks so much. Um, remember to to like, share, and subscribe all, all our socials: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Under Pressure One Underscore, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast: Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn app, and the Podbean app. It all really uh, helps us out. That's here from the Under Pressure Podcast, and we'll see you on the next.